The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We are go for launch. Let's do this. Welcome to the revolution. So far, so good. 16 years of outdoor radio excellence. That sounds super awesome. Imitated, but never duplicated. Prepare yourself. This isn't very pleasant. Live from coast to coast, around the world, and online at JimandTrav.com. Play it! What are you waiting for? Let the revolution begin. Presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and my Outdoor TV. Have you had your dinner? We're all out of venison. We're so lost without it. I know you were right. Believing in the rut. That has got to be like one of the most gut-wrenching feelings. When you go to the freezer and you pull out the last bag of venison. And there's nothing there. There's nothing left. It always happens in like July and you got a couple more months before the early seasons open up. Uh-huh. That's no bueno. Uh-oh. All right, so what are we talking this week, Jimbo? Hey, we're talking about the hunt. And, of course, we have got uh, Buddy Pyland. Yeah. Uh, he's with... Uh, it's called Ozonics. Ozonics. Yeah, Ozonics Killer Winds at Sportsman Channel. Sundays, 5 p.m. Eastern You have time. killer winds. Yes, I'm a very gassy person. Uh, we're also going to Enjoy a doubleheader by Mike Robinson. The Such ever a lovely Mike Robinson. Yeah, we're going to uh, Britain. Britain. He's, you know, I love or England. I love it when he says "lovely Parmigiana." <laughs> I, just, I like it when he says that. All right, so he has a show called Farming the Wild. That's Outdoor Channel. Season three is currently airing Monday, seven p.m. Eastern time. Then we're going to wrap it up with an awesome hunt with who? Steve Nessel. He is the marketing manager for Yamaha Motor Corporation. Yeah, he just laid down a massive uh, buck in the velvet there in Kentucky. What about big a week and a half? Big base. Yeah, a week and a half ago or so. Uh, but let's get to Buddy Pilot. Buddy Pilot. Let's do it. The Revolution with Jim and Trav is on the hunt this week. I want to go check that stuff out. Now launching into a two-parter with Buddy Pyland with Ozonics Killer Winds on Sportsman Channel, Sundays 5 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. This is part one. All right, so, buddy, you're on the phone. Jimbo does not remember who you are. Uh, but you know more about ozone than anyone else in the damn world. Isn't that he right, buddy? He created the ozone hole in the sky. That's not good, Jim. <laughs> All right, so, buddy, how's it going, man? Uh, I, I, I know I've been using it for a long time to hunt. I, I don't know everything about ozone, and I don't know everything about hunting, but I know probably more than most people about hunting with ozone. Yeah, well, you know, when, when I first found out that you are going to be a guest on the show, I was kind of excited because, you know, back... Back in my younger days, uh, at a used car lot that was near us, they used an ozone machine to take the smell of smoke, you know, people that smoked in their vehicles, out of it. And I'm telling you, it worked. Absolutely. Ozone's been around for 150 years. It, well, it's been around since the beginning of time, but it was discovered about 150 years ago. And it's been used in many, many industrial applications long before um, Scott, our founder, had the idea to create a portable, lightweight unit that you could use to hunt. It, it, and it's science. Two plus two is always four, and the right amount of ozone and the right amount of concentrations will always kill bacteria, which is what human odor is. Mm-hmm. What's well, really neat, you know, not a lot of times do people learn from a product. They usually you buy it, you use it. 
researching ozonics, it taught me more about the animal that I like to hunt so much, which is white-tailed deer. I didn't even know they had something called the Jacobson's organ in their mouth. I mean, your product actually taught me things. That's that's the first time that has ever happened. Yeah, no, it, it, it is pretty cool to begin to understand. You know, for years and years and years, there's three basic elements every hunter has to deal with. One was visibility and yeah. trying to be unseen by the animal. One is to not be heard by the animal, so you control noise. Both of those are completely in control of the, of the hunter. But being smelled by a downwind animal, that was always the one factor you couldn't control. And as we, as you try, you know, we use the wind, but obviously the wind doesn't always cooperate. And, and the animals also use the wind. And that's where ozonics come in. And so studying an animal's uh, an olfactory uh, sense and learning how that works, to, to your point, um, has been a, a really cool journey and has helped us design and develop our products to deliver the maximum amount of ozone in a downwind airstream to fool that deer's nose. Yeah, when you think you look at a whitetail, let's say, they have 800 times more receptors in their nose than yours. I mean, that is really hard to comprehend because you pass some jack wagon, let's say, in Cabela's, okay? He's three aisles over and he's wearing a nasty cologne. It just sticks with you and gives you a headache. Imagine if your nose was 800 times more powerful than that. Holy it, it damn near kill you. Well, that, that's right. It's like, look, when you look at a dog or a deer, you see how long their nose is compared to ours. That, oh, yeah. That nasal vortex, right? So they have so much more of surface area to take in scent and odor, those molecules, and to so that's why they smell so much better than us. So any long-faced animal like that, that, that their primary sense of protection is their nose. Yeah, once again, hanging out, talk with Buddy Pylon, the president of Ozonics. And make sure you watch Ozonics Killer Wind, Sportsman Channel Sundays, 5 p.m. Eastern Time. What would you say, Mr. Buddy, is the hardest nose to fool? Is it deer, elk, moose, bear, what would you say is the most difficult to mask your scent to get by them? In my experience, the the, the one animal that, and I know people will have this, may not uh, may not agree, but pigs. Really? Pigs are yeah. So smart, and they use it, their nose, and they don't, especially the pressure that's put on them in in Texas, for instance. They don't hang around, and mm -hmm. if they get one whiff of you, they're they're gone. They don't, you know, a lot of whitetails. Sometimes you'll see them; they're very curious animals. But if if they get a little bit of you, they may run ten yards and stop, and then work their way back. They control it. Pigs aren't like that. A, a pig, if they get any of you, much like a coyote or any type of predator along those lines, if they think something's wrong, they just leave. Yeah. Um, second, axis deer. Really, axis deer, deer, very spooky. And and they're again not curious by nature. If they get a, if they get a whiff of you, gone. It's got to be the curry from India. Yeah, I didn't know that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, now now now, question for you. We've been outside during a thunderstorm, and we can smell the ozone in the air. Yes. We've been around electric motors where you can smell the ozone emitting from the electric motor. How do you generate ozone? Several methods. You can you can create it with radio frequency. You can create it with UV light. We use what is called a coronal discharge method, where we take high voltage electricity and and force ambient air over it, and take an O2 molecule, which is just oxygen, and you crack it with that electricity. And and when you get an O2 molecule that is an O3 molecule, then attaches to it or or 
one of the molecules that you rip from a previous O2 with the electricity, it attaches to a full O2 molecule. Now you have O3, which is ozone, and it becomes a highly volatile and, and active uh, molecule that wants to revert to its original state of, of oxygen, O2, and it, it attacks or attaches itself to airborne particulate, in this case, human odor, bacteria, viral, viral uh, pathogens. That type of thing. Oh yeah. my god, I got confused as soon as he said discharge. <laughs> I just yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> I got out of the service a long time ago. <laughs> All right, we gotta get to a break. Can you stick around, Mr. Buddy, for another part? Sure. Hey, we're talking with Buddy Pylin. Of course, he's the president of Ozonics, and he has a program called Ozonics Killer Wins on Sportsman Channel, Sundays at five o'clock Eastern Time. That's right. Now, Mr. Buddy, to learn more about you, Ozonics Killer Wins, uh, Ozonics as a whole, man, all the products you guys have to offer work. We find you online, man. www.ozonicshunting.com. All right, this has been presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV, part two with Buddy. Right after this, don't go anywhere. The Revolution with Jim and Trav with another Jimby brain teaser. If you're not supposed to eat late at night, then why is there a light in the fridge? Submit your answers on the back of a $20 bill and don't move. The boys will continue in a few seconds. If you want to make a name for yourself in rodeo, start early. It takes a lot to be a rodeo kid. They'll sacrifice everything to make it to the top. If there's a time to peak, it's Vegas. It's the most exciting night ever. Some people let nerves get to them, some people don't. It does make a mama nervous. It's good in the rodeo industry to have a very short memory. Kid Rodeo, Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern, only on Outdoor Channel. Chardonnay Finishing Sauce is one of the many tasty treats that awaits you at High Mountain Seasonings. Order your jerky and sausage kits, snack and sticks, marinades, rubs and shakers, and more by going to HIMTNJerky.com today. That's HIMTNJerky.com. The Revolution with Jim and Travis back. We're on the hunt. Now let's get back to Buddy Pyland with Ozonics Killer Winds on Sportsman Channel. Sundays, 5 p.m. Eastern. Presented by My Outdoor TV. Stream on your favorite device or download to watch anywhere, anytime. My Outdoor TV at MyOutdoorTV.com. Here's part two. Hey, we are back. We're talking the hunt on this week's show. And before the break, we had Buddy Pyland on. He's the president of Ozonics, uh, and he has a program called Ozonics Killer Wins on Sportsman Channel, Sunday nights at 5 o'clock. Yeah, now, on Ozonics Killer Wins, Mr. Buddy, all right, you go to a, a lot of places. Are people blown away? You know, because there's got to be a lot of skeptics out there like, oh, you know, Buddy might say this. They might have the ads. and. Are they blown away when they see how well Ozonics works? I mean, you're sitting there, you're filming it. This is a hunt going to be aired on Sportsman Channel. Does it kind of take their breath away? Yeah, you know, that's been one of the funnest things uh, uh, over the years is to have these conversations with various hunters because, to your point, it's an invisible molecule. And, yeah. and in the beginning, it's it's voodoo in a box, right? Um, but when you see deer, elk, whatever it may be, do what they're not supposed to do or, or do the exact opposite of what you've seen them do for years, um, the, I call it the aha moment and the experience of that hunter. And to this day, I, I've been hunting with ozone for over 17 years, and I still have moments where I just shake my head, and, and it amazes me 
the power of, of ozone and, and what it can do when used properly. All right. Now, I want to hunt with ozonics, okay? What do I do? How do I do it? And where do I go to get it? Yeah, kind of fill our listeners in on how your products actually work. We know it takes away the sand, but what is it? So, we again, we go back to what we talked about earlier. We produce ozone with the coronal discharge method. There's no, there's no filters. There's no... Uh, fluid or liquid you have to put in the unit. It runs on a 12-volt lithium-ion rechargeable battery. You oh, take cool. it to the tree, ground blind, you hook it to your backpack and walk in. So you, you can use it at, to cleanse your clothes with our dry wash bags or our one locker. But you simply turn it on, and as long as you have battery life, you're producing the molecule. And as long as you're producing the molecule, you have a level of sink control that remains constant. In fact, Unlike most scent control products out there or scent elimination products, they degrade as time goes on, whether they're dehydrating or whether they're becoming saturated. Oh, yeah. Ozone gets better because you begin to sanitize the environment around you. And as long as you can dump it in that downwind airstream, always remember, animals don't smell you. They smell the odor released by you. So if you can control that and keep that that downwind airstream full of ozone mixing with whatever odor is leaving you, doesn't matter what you're wearing or what you smell like ultimately. Of course, the good scent control practices reduce the amount of odor you release, so it makes the job easier for your ozone. But but that in a nutshell, that's how it works. All self-contained. You take it to the tree. As long as you keep a charged battery, you're good to go. You know, it's really neat. Kind of an interesting fact about you guys. A bunch of good old country boys and girls working at Ozonics. I, the best endorsement you could ever have is when the FBI deemed Ozonics a national security risk. <laughs> I mean, you think about that because you could fool, you know, like bomb-sniffing dog noses, like all this stuff. I mean, that goes to show if the FBI picks you up on their radar, um, you've got a good product. <laughs> No, that, that's a fact. And that, uh, you know, the whole time the industry was saying we didn't work, with, like I said, the federal government was saying we worked too good. <laughs> yeah. That is crazy. All right. Yeah. So, so, so it, it was, uh, it was uh, wild. Yeah, was scary. So you, so you have this unit. Obviously, it's noiseless, right? There is some fan noise. And, and, but the vast majority, it's a computer fan, basically, or very similar. Um, the vast majority of any no- ambient noise that's being created is from the actual creation of ozone. So it's the coil. It's the arcing across the coil. It's a constant noise. I, I, it does not affect the, the animals, never has. But on a real quiet day, when it's 12 inches above your head, you can hear it. And, and, and that's something we've been working on and for years. There's techniques to... To quiet the fan, but it, it is very, very, very quiet. But I don't want to tell you it makes zero noise. It does make a little bit of noise that when it's 12 inches away from you, you can hear it. Not as much noise as me walking through the woods. No, that, that oh, is yeah. the truth. No, not even close. You know, people sitting there in their blinds and messing around. Seems like everyone's tinkering around on their phone anymore, making a ton of noise. All right, so tell us. Ozonics Killer Winds, man, what can we look forward to? What are some of the awesome hunts uh, you're taking us on this season? Elk is a, is a kind of a, a new thing for me, but an old thing for Scotty, and, yeah. and so both of us love to do that. Um, one of our cameramen gets to hunt and gets to actually take the elk. The rest of us weren't necessarily successful. We've got a nice hunt in uh, in Missouri that we'll be showing later this year or early next year. 
on the show, and you, you're going to see a lot of our partners that, that we've been with for years, killing whitetail all across the country, uh, in, in U.S. and Canada. Yeah. Well, you know, I, 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 I'm thinking about him and looking at it and so forth ever since I knew that you were going to be on the show. And I would think that Trav and I are pretty big predator hunters and we like hunting coyotes. And I would think that this would be, you know, a coyote has a very, very keen sense of smell. I would think that this would really help us even be more successful. Absolutely. The biggest thing with all this, again, is just very simple. You always, it's about hunter application. Make sure that you've got it close to you and it's dumping in your downwind airstream because where your odor is going is where you need the ozone going. And that, because that's where the magic happens. That's where the molecules mix and take place. So wherever you set up, that's going to be the key with predator hunting. Sometimes you're leaning against a fence post. You don't necessarily have a tree to screw into. So we will use little uh, tripods that will have a quarter 20 regular camera mount, something along those lines where we can set it right behind us or screw it directly into a tree or fence post that we can lean against. You bet. Hey, we got to leave it right there. We've been talking with Buddy Pyland. He's the uh, president of Ozonics, and they have a program called Ozonics Killer Winds on Sportsman Channel, Sundays at 5 o'clock Eastern Time. That's right. And this has been presented by My Outdoor TV. Stream on your favorite device or download to watch anywhere, anytime. My Outdoor TV at MyOutdoorTV.com. Again, Mr. Buddy, to learn more about you, Ozonics, your products are just so fascinating. They're really cool. Also, Ozonics Killer Winds, man. Where can we find you guys online? At OzonicsHunting.com. Now, you got to tell me, are you guys scientists? Like, is that your background? That's not my That's not my, my background. I'm a railroader, but Scott is, oh. a, is a maxillofacial surgeon. And, oh! Uh, and he, he's a dentist and, and does a lot of cool stuff. So he has a, a chemistry background and obviously a medical background, so... So uh, he, he could be deemed a scientist. Me, no, I'm, just a, I'm just an old redneck railroader. <laughs> All right, Jimbo, who we got coming up next? Hey, coming up next, we've got Mike Robinson. He is the host of Farming the Wind on Outdoor Channel. Season 3 is now airing on Mondays at 7 o'clock. That's Farming the Wild. <laughs> so what did I say? Farming the Wind. I think you're thinking of Ozonic Killer Winds. Right. You, you always have to think about Ozonics. All right, Mr. Buddy, God bless you. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Yes, sir. Thank you all for having me and appreciate it. Finally, a radio show where class and social grace are optional. This is The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Stay tuned. The doofuses will continue next. Larry, you ready to have some fun? Hollywood fantasy meets real-world science. Oh, my God! In an all-new season of Hollywood Weapons. How about another boom? Never bring a sword to a crossbow fight. I can't believe it! The most thrilling action scenes in TV and movie history are put to the test. Fire at will. I love my job. The Hollywood blockbuster is back. Hollywood Weapons. Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on Outdoor Channel. Sprinkle the best of Western flavors by ordering from High Mountain Seasonings at HIMTNJerky.com today. That's HIMTNJerky.com. We're back. The revolution with Jim and Travis on the hunt. Now, here's another two-part interview with Mike Robinson, host of Farming the Wild on Outdoor Channel. Season 3, now airing Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Here's part one. I'm ready. Hey, we're back. We're talking about the hunt on this week's show. Before the break, Buddy with uh, Ozonic Killer Winds was on. 
great information. Yeah, Sportsman Channel Sundays, 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Right now, though, we're going across the pond talking to Mike Robinson. He is the host of Love the Show, Farming the Wild on Outdoor Channel, Season 3, now airing Mondays, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Mr. Mike, you crazy man, how's it going, buddy? It's going great. Yeah, no, the thing is, your your show, Farming the Wild, I think you're out there planting deer seeds. No, no, I mean, the show is about how we manage deer and deer and wildlife and obviously use it in the UK. And uh, it, it's been an amazing journey because, of course, Britain's got a very different method um, of managing wildlife. We, we don't have the same levels of regulation. We also don't have the levels of sort of state control, So, which is a good thing and a very bad thing because in Britain, someone like myself who has the uh, control and rights over quite large areas of private land, which I lead, I basically, it's down to me and the landowner to decide what gets harvested, you know, what the biological surplus is that allows us to tell you what we need, etc. So you don't get, in Britain, you don't get a consistent approach to wildlife management. It's down to the landowners. Yeah, here in the United States, as you know, Mr. Mike, hunters, uh, it's effectively banned from selling meat of native yeah. game animals like deer, elk, pronghorn, duck, geese. It, it doesn't matter. But over there, you're a restaurant tour, man. I mean, you are this outstanding, amazing, incredible chef, and you actually go out and harvest these fallow deer and these proteins, and you butcher them. Uh, and you serve them in your restaurants, correct? Yeah, and not just in mine. I am. Um, I also have a deer management business called Deerbox that uh, we've just built, like a four thousand square foot processing facility, and we we process all our own deer. We have it state registered, so basically we have the government veterinarians come and inspect the carcasses every week, and uh, then we sell. We obviously in my restaurants use tons of them. Each of my restaurants uses about three fallow deer a week, which is three white tails, basically. Yeah. And uh, we sell venison both direct to the public through a box scheme, and we sell it uh, to other restaurants. Yeah. Now, you mentioned fallow deer. Is that the only kind of deer do you have? Do you have roe deer, or do you have axis? So we have six species in England in the wild, of which only two are indigenous. So the roe deer you just mentioned and the red deer, the red stag, those are indigenous to these islands, but all the rest have arrived at some point or another um, from other countries. Uh, the fallow deer, before the last ice age, was in Britain 10,000 years ago, but um, a bit like Monty Python said, what did the Romans do for us? Well, they brought us the fallow deer. <laughs> Now, you, you got to tell me, because the, the fable of Robin Hood, okay? Now, bo- <laughs> yeah. bow hunting, now that's Americanized. Maybe it's not popular over there. I don't know. Um, but uh. bow hunting is legal, isn't it? Yeah, it's completely illegal. Really? Um, you are not, you, you cannot, the only weapon you can use in Britain to hunt and harvest a deer is a rifle of caliber 240 or greater. Actually, that's not entirely true. You're allowed to use a centerfire 2-2 for the very small species like Mudjack. Yeah. But but mainly, you know, it, it is an irony that, you know, we are kind of seen as the home of the longbow, and yet we're not allowed to use them. <laughs> and it's hard for me to comment on that. I think it's because Britain is so populous. It, there's, there's people everywhere. It, you don't get – there's very little wilderness, you know. Yeah. And yet we have a – a massive population of wild deer and incredible wildlife. I mean, we think that the, um, the, the pandemic, because the pandemic basically, 
meant that uh, uh, all of our restaurants closed for a year, basically. And that probably accounted for half the the use of wild venison that's harvested in Britain each year. And then a good proportion of the other half was exported to Europe. And with Brexit, that kind of stopped. So we had this situation where for a year, very little beer was sold. And that means, by its conclusion, very little was shot. So we think that this year we're about to see a massive growth in numbers in wild beer. Yeah. Uh, once again, make sure you watch Farming the Wild on Outdoor Channel. Awesome show. You'll learn so much. Very entertaining. Season three now airing Mondays, 7 p.m. Eastern time. It, it's really neat because how progressive you guys are in a way over there in Britain. Most of your hunting is done with suppressors, isn't it? All of it. I mean, it's not the law, but I mean, who wouldn't use one if you could? You yeah, know exactly. I mean? Yeah. I occasionally have, just for fun, I take an old open sight rifle out and I'll go and stalk a deer with one just to kind, just to sort of prove I can get within 50 yards or something. <laughs> and it's a real shock when that thing goes off. I can tell you, I'm, I use the biggest suppressor I can. And it, when you're harvesting deer, when you've got to control numbers of deer in woodland, particularly, it has a huge effect. Like A, it means you don't go deaf. B, you get no muzzle flip, so you watch the bullet travel. You can see it hit the deer yeah. through the scope. Uh, you generally can get a second deer. It's a good thing. Yeah, well, the, the interesting part about what I understand from my notes, you harvest, because of your restaurants and so forth, about 600 deer a year. Is that true? Um, my little organization probably harvests double that. Oh, wow. Um, really? Wow. But that's over a large area of land, like yeah. 60,000 acres, and and. You see, the land's incredibly, incredibly rich. It's thick woodland. It's it's incredibly um, green fields, and it's like well, they call New Hampshire New Hampshire for a reason, right? It kind of looks like that part of the eastern coast of the states. It's green grass. It's crops. It's thick woodland, and the deer do really, really well. <laughs> and so, you know, we we take a look at what we think the carrying capacity of each piece of land is. And we, we sit down with the landowner and make a decision on how many of each sex, species, whatever, ought to be harvested to get the balance just right. And then we set out to try to achieve that. You bet. Hey, we got to take a break. Can you stick around? Yes, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Great, great. Hey, we've been talking with Mike Robinson. He's the host of Farming the Wild on Outdoor Channels. Uh, season three now airing Mondays at seven o'clock Eastern time. And this has been presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Now, Mr. Mike, to learn more about you, Farming the Wild, also Deer Box Man, uh, you have so many fascinating things going on. Where can we find you online? <laughs> So my uh, Instagram, uh, personally, I'm Game Meat Mike, um, <laughs> which seemed appropriate at the time. <laughs> and and then farming at, at Farming the Wild is our Instagram handle, and you know Facebook Farming the Wild, and uh, you know go to um, our website. It's a great one to look at. Loads of great recipes, etc. Which is uh, farmingthewild.com. And um, what, what's awesome for me, though, is for the next series, for Series 4, actually, I'm, I'm departing for America in five days' time for nearly six weeks. Oh, holy cow. Uh, traveling the whole of the U.S., um, meeting cool people, seeing how you guys do it, how you harvest wild game, how the conservation works. And, and meeting people who love cooking wild food and cooking with them. You bet. Hey, more Mike Robinson right after this. Don't go anywhere. Hey, guys. 
I feel kind of bad saying this, but um, I ate all the venison jerky. Ah, uh, don't worry about it, buddy. There's another bag in the break room. No, I ate that one too. Oh man! Every last morsel. Darn it, buddy! You're fired. Girl, you screwed up. Don't you know that we love venison jerky, buddy? I'm sorry. wanted a bite wild game freezer fill in fun join outdoor channel on mondays and prepare for a wild food feast these birds were flying an hour ago <laughs> taste of the wild is two must-see hours of hunting fishing and foraging with cutting-edge host mike robinson mario calpo Stephen Rinella and Nick Hoffman. I'm blown away by the hunting culture and the food. If I was alive three lifetimes, I would never think to do that. Taste of the Wild. Mondays beginning at 7 Eastern on Outdoor Channel. Outdoor adventure and great eating go hand in hand with all of our High Mountain Seasonings jerky kits, snack and sticks, buckboard bacon, finishing sauces, rubs and shakers, marinades, and more. Go to HIMTNJerky.com or call 1-800-829-2285 today. Thanks for tuning into The Revolution with Jim and Trav. We're on the hunt this week. Now let's rejoin the boys and Mike Robinson, host of Farming the Wild on Outdoor Channel. Season 3, now airing Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Brought to you by High Mountain Seasonings. Visit them to spice up your wild game cuisine at HIMTNJerky.com. This is part two. Hey, we are back. We're talking the hunt on this week's show. And before the break, we had part one with Mike Robinson, vastly interesting guy. And I wanted to say Cheerio when we went to a break, but there just wasn't time. There's no Cheerios. There's only Wheaties over there. Oh, I, no. Question for you, Mr. <laughs> Mike. You know, over here in the United States, much of our hunting has shifted away for, you know, sustainability, hunting for sustenance to kind of trophy hunting, r- hunting for bragging rights, kind of. Um, is it that way over there where you're at in Britain, or is it primarily to put food on the table? I think the the main um, drive now with deer in Britain is, to be honest, is one of control. So the numbers are getting very large, so really the, the emphasis is on controlling them. Now, the individual be like, I, I personally, with, with all the land we manage, we manage it for the benefit of the animal and for meat. And for, and for numbers. So we don't set out to shoot anything with big antlers, but, you know, in its own right, you have to remember that when you manage a population, you will always have uh, large antler animals, and large antler animals can be a valuable source of revenue for somebody who's planning on managing some land. So like, managing deer in Britain can be an expensive thing to do. You've got to pay for tree stands. You've got to pay for infrastructure. You've got to, you know, all sorts of things, vehicles, you name it. So... And the venison is not very valuable. So a lot of people in the UK do sell a kind of surplus of large animals to people who want to come out and just hunt a big deer. Uh, it's not something I do. I, it's just not something I do. But, you know, I don't have a problem with it. Yes. But, you know, for me, personally, it is literally all about um, food. And that's why I love to do it. I, I love deer. I really love deer particularly. I love all wildlife, but I love deer. And... I like to see a healthy herd, and I love venison. I mean, we as a family live on it year-round. My restaurants survive on it year-round. It's the most popular thing on our menus, and it's great to be using the only really large sustainable form of protein available in Britain, you know? Yeah. Now, you've got, uh, we'll say, 
brown figures. You got 600 deer on the ground. Okay. Now you, yeah. you butcher all of your own game. Are you a nose to tail? I mean, do you eat the kidneys and the liver and all of oh, that? Oh, yeah. Everything. Everything. We get the skins tanned so that they can be sold. Uh, we use the antlers for dog chews. Uh, knife handles. We, we, with the restaurants, what I do is I persuade the restaurants. They have to take whole carcasses. They can't just take, they can't cherry pick parts of the deer. So, and then it's the chef's responsibility to use every single piece of that animal. Uh, in the restaurants. Holy cow. I think that is so neat. Um, I think here in America, we've gotten a bit snooty. You know, it's like everyone. You would think we're from England. It's like, oh, we like the backstrap and everything else is terrible. I love how you guys, like you said, absolutely nothing goes to waste. You use everything. You you use the, even the oink in a deer. You know what I'm saying? Um, if they have yeah. that practice I mean, is something that we should be doing more of here in the States, really. Well, I mean, the thing is, for me, a lot of it, a lot of it is I understand why. In a lot of places like in the West, where you've got big deer like elk, <clears throat> you know, you have to take the meat off the bone on the ground and bring it out. Oh, yeah. That's, lodge, that's practicality. But what in England, I, I'm very lucky. I can usually get a vehicle close to a deer that means I can hang my deer whole. I can hang them whole and I can then choose how to butcher them. And very often I want to butcher them on the bone, not off the bone. So I want to be using shoulders. You know, I'll be slow cooking shoulders. I'll be, I'll be doing T-bones. I'll be making, you know, long bone racks. I'll be, you know, you name it. But also buco off the shin, sword. You know, we try and use it on the bone as much as we possibly can. But I'm aware that in the States, that's often not possible. Now, I got to say, Child's there, portion. there's a picture. What What is it called? The Harwood Arms in Fulham? Is that right? Yeah, that's my pub in London. Yeah. That place <clears throat> is beautiful, man. I mean, it's like quintessential what you think. It's just really pretty. It's gorgeous. And it's uh, it's we're very proud of it. You know, we've had it for 14 years and uh, it sells tons of amazing venison. I mean, it's also quite, it's quite a famous place in London now because you know the you know the system of classification with restaurants called Michelin, Michelin, yeah, um, which is how. We, so that the, the big sort of thing that restaurants aspire to is to have a a Michelin star, is to be awarded a star, and and the, the Harwood Arms for its sins is the, we got one there, and it's the only pub in the whole of London that has one. Holy so cow! We're, we're we're really unique. I mean, there are lots of restaurants with Michelin stars, but. We're the only pub, and it's still somewhere you can go and have a pint. You can go in with your dog. You know, you can it, – it's a proper pub. You know, it's lovely. I do. I do all the time. All right, so all new yeah. Season 3, once again, of Farming the Wild, airing Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel. In Season 3, Mr. Mike, uh, what can we come to expect? Well, we've gone a bit further afield. We spend a bit of time in the highlands of Scotland, exploring some stunning pieces of land and some incredible wild weather and the red deer of Scotland which is kind of like the elk of the, the U.S. West. Mm-hmm. Um, we try and do, we're doing some different animals. I always end up coming back a little bit to fallow deer because they are, they are very much my sort of bread and butter and they're the animal I, I, I kind of, I love the most. Mm-hmm. But there's a load of things. But of course, we've also spent a lot of the winter filming our brand new series that's about to come out on Outdoor Channel, which is called Wild Game Masterclasses, which is... Uh, which is an entire series um, of in, in the woodsman kitchen of me and Chef's wife teaching people how to cook like 
single like masterpiece game dishes from start to finish. Oh, really? And, and this is a brand new series. I'm probably not even supposed to tell you about it. <laughs> but this is a brand new series that that's uh, coming out later in the year, in probably November, in uh, on Apple. Oh my gosh, that's gonna be cool, man! Yeah, now you uh, a bit different. Yeah, earlier you alluded to the fact that you're coming to the states in about a week or so. Yeah, uh, I am. Give us some of your itinerary. Where are you planning on uh, going to? So I'm starting off in Oregon. Mm. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna hunt uh, some blacktail deer in Oregon, or try to. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then I'm gonna go from there to Texas, and I'm gonna do all sorts of amazing stuff in Texas. You know, going to look at uh, javelina and white-tailed deer and wild hogs, um, some of the introduced species like axis and nilgai, and the story of introduced deer. Because, of course, that's one element in America where you can take a wild animal and sell it if it's not an indigenous species. Yeah. So that's that's cool. And then from there, we go to Florida, and we're going to look at invasive species and how to cook them in Florida. So we're going to go and look at iguanas and we're going to go with the guy who's contracted by the state of Florida to go and try and deal with the python problem in the Everglades and, and the issues and maybe try and make a python taste nice. Who knows? <laughs> um, uh, um, some turkeys. Uh, we're going to go to, then we're going to go from there to Montana to stay with my mate in Montana. And we're going to have 11 days in Montana in the, you know, in, in the east of the state and then in the real mountains. We're going to do trout. We're going to do. We're going to do all sorts, and then we're going to end up uh, with um, the amazing Eichlers in Colorado. Oh yeah! And we're going to go. Yeah, we're going to go and hunt elk and uh, and mule deer with them. So Holy. it's going to be a, a heck of a trip. Sounds like it. Sounds like it. Hey, we've got to leave it right there. We've been talking with Mike Robinson. He's the host of Farming the Wild on Outdoor Channel. Season three is now airing on uh, Mondays at 7 o'clock Eastern Time. And this has been brought to you by High Mount Seasonings. Visit them online to spice up your wild game cuisine at HIMTNJerky.com Now Mr. Mike, again, Farming the Wild, the Wild Game Masterclass, Deer Box, everything you have going on and your partners, man. Where can we find you online? So, um, Instagram personally, I'm Game Meet Mike. Farming the Wild, Instagram and Facebook and then uh, the website is www.farmingthewild.com. You bet. Hey, right after the break, we got Steve Nestle. He's a marketing manager at Yamaha Motor Corporation. That's right. Mr. Mike, you're so awesome. God bless you. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Thank you for having me. Let's get a little mud on the tires. Steve Nessel, Yamaha Motorsports Group Marketing Manager, will feed a little speed to our off-road rides when Jim and Trav return. Ooh, nice. Steve Nessel's on deck. Steve Nessel has a beard. Steve Nessel's really tall. He's like a giraffe. Hey, 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 insults will get you nowhere. <laughs> Recently, we asked if you thought we'd been really awesome these past few months. You guys have been really awesome these last few months. And you agreed. So for even more awesome, check out JimandTrav.com and stay tuned because the Super Duper Awesome Show will continue right after these short messages. It's time to reimagine the off-road experience because Yamaha has reimagined the side-by-side. Available in either two- or four-seat models, the Wolverine R-Max 1000 lineup sets a new benchmark in the off-road world. Featuring a 999cc parallel twin engine, aggressive tires, and an automotive-style cabin. And select models include high-performance Fox IQS in-cab adjustable suspension, all-new D-Mode to optimize power delivery, 
an integrated Yamaha Adventure Pro navigation system, and much more. Visit YamahaMotorsports.com to learn more about the Wolverine R-Max 1000. It's time to get out there and realize your adventure with Yamaha. Professional driver on closed course. Always protect the environment and wear your seatbelt, helmet, eye protection, and protective clothing. Read the owner's manual and product warning labels before operation. Vehicle specifications subject to change. The Revolution with Jim and Trav is back on the air. Don't forget to check us out online at JimandTrav.com. Yes, 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 yes! Woo! Now, here's the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Steve Nessel, marketing manager at Yamaha Motor Corporation. Steve Nessel, he's from Yamaha. Steve Nessel, the best by far. Brought to you by Yamaha's proven off-road ATVs and side-by-side vehicles. Check them out at YamahaMotorsports.com. Here's Jim and Trav. Hey, we are back. We're talking the hunt on this week's show. And before the break, we had Mike Robinson called in from Great Britain or England, as you call it. Good day, mate. <laughs> there you go. But our next guest, man, he knows everything about white-tailed deer hunting. Steve the slobber knocker Nestle, because he shoots <laughs> the biggest deer. Uh, he is the Yamaha Motor Corporation uh, marketing manager. Mr. Steve, how's it going, buddy? It's Steve, guys. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me again. Wow, so much wrong with that intro. I think today mate's Australian. <laughs> and uh, I definitely want to be on record as not knowing everything about white-tailed deer hunting. That's not true. I just think good day, mate, goes well anywhere. Anywhere. You know, because can you really tell the difference between Australia and uh, Britain, let's say? I can't. Yeah, I can. Not when you say it. Not when you say it. Yeah, actually sounds slightly Indian. We have to say, um, you know, you were on just a couple weeks ago, and you're talking about an upcoming archery hunt you're going on there in Kentucky. Kind of crazy. Before you go, I mean, there's a whole bunch of hurricanes, bad weather impacting the area. But you guys prevailed, and you knocked down a massive buck in the velvet, Mr. Steve. I, I, yeah, super lucky, super blessed. Uh, went up and uh, set up camp with an outfitter out near Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. They, it was super moist, wet. The greenest, most lush I've ever seen it, but it was uh, it was tough getting to from the stand. We hunted with the R-Maxes, the help of the R-Maxes. And luckily, as you mentioned, I was... Uh, I was fortunate enough to be able to try and get a small horse with a huge <laughs> head of horns all covered in velvet on, into the back of one of those things. Um, but you know what? I'll, I'll, uh, I'll take that challenge all day long. I, 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 it still hasn't really sunk in. It's a deer of a lifetime and, and I'm just super excited about it. Now I take it that was the largest to date for you, huh? Well, you know what? <laughs> it wasn't. First, the biggest deer I ever killed was the first deer I ever killed in Illinois with a bow, and that almost that was pushing 180. This one pushed no! 170. Mm, wow. So it's you talk about super lucky, super blessed. I guess you know with talking, you you guys can make jokes about where the horseshoes are stuffed um, <laughs> or shoved, but. Uh, yeah, and I'm looking up at my Illinois buck right here. Um, he's hanging in my office, but you know, it's you got to. I, I just give myself opportunity. Give myself opportunities, I guess. And being in Kentucky opening weekend this year, um, in some prime prime hunting ground was uh, the recipe we needed. And uh, yeah, got back to where the, the deer were, and uh, that guy came in, and I I didn't screw it up. I have screwed it up before because again, I don't know everything about whitetail <laughs> deer hunting. But uh, managed to pull it off, and uh, I have a huge trophy and, and some more meat for the freezer, and lots of stories to tell. Yeah. Now, I mean, you're a you're a big guy. What are you, six foot something? I'm over. 
careful with the big jokes. But, <laughs> I just mean tall. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm over six feet. Um, you know, probably a little bit more than 200 pounds. <laughs> well, so, just sitting yeah. there, though, you're. I'm looking at a photo, um, and I think people can hop on like Wade Middleton's. I don't know if you guys have it on the Yamaha Outdoors uh, Facebook page. I know Wade Middleton has a photo up. This deer dwarfs you, though. You're sitting there posing with him, and it's not like Photoshop. It's than you. He is huge compared to you. Yeah, I mean, obviously that's a deer pick, and so I was, I'm reaching out, but not, and not to, <laughs> not to give away secrets, but, um, he's, he's a hoss. He's just so big. And, uh, I mean, not just the horns, but that body, the body on the deer is probably, that's the biggest deer I've ever killed body size wise. Yeah. yeah and, no- uh, Immense, immense. All right, you had you had talked about uh, how big this uh, bodied animal was, and it took a couple of you guys to get it in the back of the uh, Armax. Now, did you have it weighed by any chance? And how did uh, how did the uh, Armax perform with you and the deer, and maybe a rider with you? It's uh, it's a great question as far as vehicle performance. The, the answer to your question is we did not weigh him. I was too worried about getting him dressed out and getting him to the taxidermist because of meat and horns. Uh, answer to your second question, as much as I struggled to get him into the back of the, the R-Max and almost broke my back doing it, <laughs> didn't, feel, didn't feel it at all when we were uh, when we were driving away because and I feel like it's a softball question, but I'm, again, thank you for answering it. We, we test our vehicles with weight in the back. Um, and I was more worried about getting his horns in a way they aren't going to bang up against the roll cage and tear them up and yeah. so never never once question the vehicle and i think that's the underlying beauty of it all is we never when we get into this the, the yamaha vehicles but the Armax, you turn the key and just know it's going to get you home and uh and, and luckily for me that particular time it was home with a trophy of a lifetime oh yeah we're sitting here looking at a picture on uh wade's facebook page and you got your buck in the back of this Armax, and it is like gargantuan dude he makes me look good. That's for darn sure. Um, yeah, that's that. That VFS pose, I think it is. That's one we took right after uh, I I showed Mr. Newby my trophy, and he just was like blown away. And then had the had the urge and the fire even more to go out, which is again why he's probably sitting in a tree at this very moment. <laughs> All right, hey, we got to leave it right there. We've been talking with Steve Nessel. He's a marketing manager at Yamaha. Motor Corporation. That's right. Now, home of the Slobberknockers. Mr. Steve, to learn more about you, the all-new uh, proven off-road lineup for 2022. You know, we briefly kind of mentioned but the RMAX 2 1000 Sport. You guys have a whole bunch of new models out, though. Uh, to learn more about this hunt as well, where can we find you guys online? Uh, well, you can go to our social media at uh, Yamaha Outdoors, but to learn the most, to get the most amount of detail about the RMAX, go to YamahaMotorsports.com. Uh, I invite you not to search for Slobberknockers. You probably won't find <laughs> <laughs> you probably should Might be over like eight, what you get over 18 as well. All right, this has been brought to you by Yamaha's proven off-road ATVs and side-by-side vehicles. Hop online, check them out, yamahamotorsports.com. Mr. Steve, God bless you. We love you, buddy. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Good to talk to you. Look forward to the next time. You've been listening to a special interview with Steve Nessel from Yamaha. Check them out online at yamahamotorsports.com. Whoa! Stick around. The revolution with Jim and Trev. We'll be right back. How would you like to save up to $500 on your next vacation package? Any vacation package anywhere in the world. 
Just call Superior Travel and mention the code RADIO and save up to $500. We'll design a custom, fantastic vacation just for you. With all the bells and whistles. Not some cookie-cutter vacation, but a unique, all-included vacation customized by one of our exclusive travel experts. And our service is completely free. You pay nothing more. So why waste your time? Let us do it for you. We've got over 100 years of travel experience to help help create the perfect trip for you. Call now and learn how to save up to $500 on your next custom vacation. Pick up the phone, call Superior Travel, and use the code word RADIO. 800-570-9631. 800-570-9631. That's 800-570-9631. The Revolution with Jim and Trav present Real Men of the Outdoors. Real Men of the Outdoors. Today we salute you, Mr. Jim. Look who it is, it's Jim! With his endless supply of Tommy Bahama outfits, safari hats, and sandals. What were you thinking? I was going to change my name to Tommy Bahama. You think it looks natural, but it couldn't look weirder. Unless maybe it had a propeller. Oh, look at the freak! I do have new shorts. <laughs> well, I got Hollywood legs. I, I like to wear shorts and a t-shirt when I record. Do you know that I have barbecue sauce on my knuckle? Yeah, I did lick it off. So once again, we salute you, oh grandpappy of the outdoors, Mr. Jim. I don't know if it was from yesterday or last week. It's the grandpappy of the outdoors. Great show, everyone. We just gotta get out of here. Man, this is it. Oh, no. This sounds serious and real. This concludes the revolution with Jim and Trav this week. What the hell are you still doing here? Don't forget to drop the boys some feedback and stay in touch at JimandTrav.com. Hey, what a great show this week. We talked about the hunt, and I am ready for deer season. Yeah, great interviews with Buddy Pyland, Mike Robinson, and Steve Nessel. This was a good show, but last word, again. Hey, last word is, this is our 1,040th show since we started it 20 years ago. What day was that? That was a Saturday. That was a Saturday. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and you were listening to it riding a tractor somewhere. Yeah, so I wasn't in the first show. I came along a couple years later. It feels like 20 years. I digress. What is is the expression? Uh, It's felt like 10 minutes underwater. (laughs) All right, so this was a great show. Remember, Hammer Home Firearm Safety. That's right. Get outdoors this week and take some kiddos with you. And thank you so much for listening to us and putting up with us for 20 years. That's right. All right, so we got to go. Peace out. God bless you and the United States of America. We will return next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.